Hello and welcome to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, where today I have a very special guest, Glenn Lundy, and it is going to be a banger. So the big question is this, how are parents like us, who don't have a manual, who are doing the best we can, who feel as though we aren't enough, how are we going to raise healthy, happy children who we are proud of and still keep our sanity in that process? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ryan Roy, and welcome to I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, a podcast for parents who are being real with themselves. Hello, and welcome back to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, where today I have special guest, Glenn Lundy. Uh, He has an amazing resume. I am super excited to have him on. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about him. He is a husband of one, a father to seven. We have one on the way. He's also the host of the wildly popular Facebook live show, Rise and Grind. He's been seen at places like Hustle and GrindCon, Grow your business, grow your business for God's sake, and many more stages across the country. Glenn has been spotlighted on ABC, NBC, and CBS, and is an expert in dealership culture development and dealership training. With 20 years' experience in the automotive industry, Glenn led a dealership from 120 cars a month to listen to me to an 800% increase in sales in just five years becoming the second largest used car franchise in the country. His unique style makes him one of the most coveted GMs in the business. Glenn has a unique ability to help identify the areas for growth in your store and teach creative ways to invoke your dealership spirit. With a background in sales and finance, he uses his skill sets to create growth as well as tapping into the mental side of human development. Glenn, welcome to the show. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Ryan, man. I appreciate that. I'm gonna need you to teach my kids how to read that every time I walk in the door, man. Just they need to they need to read that bio, man. That's like that's what's up. Man. Do, 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 that, do, well, that, it fires me up because because the whole reason I'm excited to have you on the the show is because you are a father of seven. Yeah. 7.2, 7.3. We're we're somewhere along this process, yes, right? Sir. Which which is always exciting. Um, so you know. When I think about when I read that bio, and, and I know there's so much more that goes into it, right? At the end of the day, people are going to say, wow, he is extremely busy, right? And I don't like the word busy. I like productive, sure. right? He's a productive guy. How do you find the time as a parent to really pour into your little ones? Yeah, man, I don't, I don't like the word busy either. And, and the word productive is much a much better word. And, and a word that I like to use is intentional, right? The key that I have found in my life that seems to work to be able to, you know, we're basically growing two businesses rapidly, uh, raising the kids, uh, got to pour into the wife, all of those things. So the key to me is I've been able to figure out how to really compress time and just be super intentional with my time, uh, intentional with what I'm doing with the kids, intentional with what I'm doing in business, intentional with my time with my wife. I think when we have focused attention and not just wanderless, 
you know, no direction type time. Uh, it, it tends to really compress time where you can get more in and you don't ever feel busy or anything like that. You feel very rewarding, you know, rewarded at the end of the day. Yeah. The word that comes to me, as you say, rewarded is, is, as if I were to put a word in your mouth is fulfilled, yeah, right? There's a sense of fulfillment in there because uh, as you said, it's intentional. So let, let's, let's talk about that because you do do motivational stuff. You do success trainings for people, but I always say, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So you take those same success principles that you use to build car dealerships from, you know, uh, 800% growth over four or five years and, and, and to empower people with these principles. So uh, give me one or two basic principles of success that you could use an example in your parenting style. Yeah, so the, the 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 first and most important success tool I believe is is your morning routine. So the 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 morning, the way you start your day, is by far the most crucial element of success. From what I've seen, what I've read, what I've studied, and what I've experienced. And so I actually wrote a small little ebook about it. Uh, it's called The Morning Five. It's the number five. And if you go to uh, themorning5.com, you can download that ebook for free. And it breaks down five simple steps to an extraordinary life. So I start every day at 3.50 a.m. And I have, you know, five steps. Don't hit the snooze button. Don't touch your phone first thing in the morning. Write down your gratitude and your goals, things that you're thankful for and the things that you aspire towards. Take care of yourself physically is number four, whether it be walk, crawl, run, I don't care. Object in motion tends to stay in motion. Object at rest stays at rest. And then step five, after you've spent the morning being incredibly selfish, which is great. Once you've spent the morning being incredibly selfish, pouring into yourself and building up that foundation, step five is to send out an encouraging message. So we take that positive energy, we release it out into the world. The universe at that point has no choice but to somehow convert that energy into something positive and powerful for you in your life, uh, as well as the people that it reaches. So those five steps every single day, principle number one, I apply it to businesses. I talk to them about what does your morning routine look like at your, especially in the auto world, typical dealership. Guys walk in a few minutes late, they're hung over from the night before, they or they're older and they go grab a newspaper, they go sit around and drink cups of coffee, they have a meeting, a 30 minute meeting over what they're going to go get for breakfast, and then they go get breakfast. Like most dealerships open at 8 30, and this is the reason these guys get burnt out. They're there from 8 30 till nine o'clock at night, but they don't actually start being productive till 11 or 12 because they spend the whole mornings, you know, just wasted. So I teach these businesses that just like a human morning routine routine is so important. Your business's morning routine is just as important. And then that's something that we try to transfer over to the kids as well, man. I try to teach my kids that the way they start their day and, and my wife falls in line with that as well to make sure they have a good systematic foundational start uh, to, to each day. It's all about being intentional, right? Intentional with your time with self, intentional with your time in your business, intentional with the kids and the formation of good habits for them. Uh, it's all about being intentional in all those different areas. 
That is such an amazing, and, and I encourage everybody to go to themorning5.com and get that. And I believe, I did my little research, uh, you challenge people in that to do it for 67 days straight, right? That's right. Yeah, man. Uh, Harvard. And so there, there, there's all kinds of how long it takes to make or break a habit. You know, there's a million different things. But Harvard and Stanford got together and they actually did a study on when does something shift biologically? When is there actually a physical change in the neurons in your mind and in your body, right? When, when you do something and it turns out it takes 67 days of doing something consecutively every day for 67 days before it becomes easier to do it than to not do it. So on day 66, it's easier to not do it, right? I'm trying to figure out working out. I want to go to the gym. I want to do all these things. I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight, right? We want to do those things. From day one through day 66, your mind is going to give you 6 million reasons why you shouldn't do it. It's cold out this time. Congratulations. You've already done it for a week. You deserve a day off. Like Your brain is going to talk you into not doing it. Come day 67, that shifts doesn't make it easier. It's still, it's still hard to be disciplined, right? But on day 67, now your brain's going, well, you know, yeah, it's a little bit cold out there, but if we adjust this and adjust that, I mean, we got to go get our workout, right? It's a yeah. different conversation. So we challenge people to do the morning five, 67 days straight. Uh, if you can complete it and post about it every single day, then at the end, we just ask you to do a little video on how it's affected your life. Maybe you say, my life hasn't changed at all, which I've never had anybody say that. <laughs> Most people are like, it's life changing. But at the end, 67 days straight, post about it, send us a video, and I will put my money where my mouth is. I believe in it so much that we send out t-shirts and hoodies and hats and gear bags and anything to, to, to people that can do it for 67 days straight. So I love that. So just just going back to your five, your, your morning routine, these five steps of not hitting the snooze button and, and all the way through to the five to uh, your own gratitude to empowering somebody else with some encouraging words. I, I love that because in any parenting book that you read, any good one worth reading, in my opinion, it talks about structure and it talks about routine and it talks about consistency and it talks about what kids need in order to thrive in this world, right? And, and they need sure. security and that's what routines give you and they need to feel loved, right? If you, if you give the kids those two things, they have an opportunity to absolutely thrive. They feel loved, they know they're loved and that they have a routine that they could rely upon. So in my house, uh, one of the things that I find if we deviate from this routine in even a small way, uh, not too long ago, uh, my nine-year-old, I have a nine-year-old and a three-year-old Glenn uh, boys and, and the nine-year-old, I don't have anywhere near the, the team that you have, <laughs> uh, but uh, not too well, long ago, we tell me they have two kids. I'm like, ah, rookie, rookie. yeah, rookie. Right. No. Uh, <laughs> so, so I don't know what it was, but with this COVID, right. We we've been doing our due diligence to stay in and do the right things as much as we can and play our role. And uh, we went somewhere. Oh, we went, we went to the Georgia mountains. We got a cabin for, for four days and we went up there to just spend some time out in nature and be out and about and away from people. And my son was upset. We stopped to pick up some last minute things that we needed at a grocery store before we got up to the cabin. And my son is sulking in the back. And I said, what, what is, what's going on? He goes, nobody told me about this trip. 
Nobody asked me, nobody told me because we've always had a routine, but we've always been really good about telling our kids, hey, in two weeks, we're going on this trip, prepare mentally, prepare, because I I believe, and, and you could probably confirm this with your kids, when you tell them what's going on and they can expect it and it's not a surprise, they behave accordingly. Right. Because they know what's going on. So if you tell your kids, hey, we're going to the grocery store a little bit later and it's going to be about an hour and we're all getting in the car and piling instead of saying, hey, everybody get in the car and pile. And it's like, whoa, I'm watching my show or I'm playing my game or, hey, I was about to call a friend or whatever that looks like in your house. I don't have them calling friends right now. But the (laughs) element of surprise or lack of structure or lack of communication really hurts them. So I love your morning five. Let me ask you, at what age, and I think I know the answer, but I'm gonna let you answer. At what age do you really start implementing that for your kids? So they all know about it. They all watch dad do it. Well, they don't watch me because they're not up that early, but they know that I do it. Um, and every year for Christmas, I get them a new planner, the, the, the hashtag rising rhyme planner, this big old guy right here that breaks down those five steps. And so I give it to them every year and whether they do it or not, I don't force them to do anything. And so Savannah tends to do her morning routine more often than Joel does. Joel will go in streaks. He'll do it. He's eight years old. He'll do mm-hmm. it for weeks and then he'll kind of fall off. Um, you know, Willow's six. She can't fully write and spell a hundred percent. She can, but she does, she does the best she can. Someday she doesn't, someday she doesn't, or someday she won't. So in answer to that question, it's really each individual kid is going to take to it when they take to it. Our job, I believe as parents is, to, to set up a couple of guardrails there, like you said, make sure they're safe. But I want my kids to explore and adventure and develop the, the greatness inside them. Uh, and so I'm just here to give them some, some, some practical application stuff that they can use or not use. But I'm all about choice, man. I want, I want my kids to have choices. I want them to choose to play sports or not play sports. Now, if they choose it, we're going to go all in, right? And dad's going <laughs> to help them and so on and so forth. We're going we're gonna to do it. But if they choose not to, that's okay too. If they choose to be an artist, if they choose to dance or play music, if they choose to be independent, my, my four-year-old, man, I guess she's five now, my five-year-old, you could have 20 kids in the room playing with unicorns and eating ice cream. And if she's not interested She's not interested. She will go sit in the corner with a puzzle. Dude, like there, she does not feel peer pressure. Normally, most kids have to do whatever all the other kids are doing. She's not like that. So I just want them to develop. I think I've come to the conclusion a long time ago that God's plan is I, I, I there's two things about God's plan for other people. The first is I'll never know exactly what that is. I just know that it's good. Mm. Right. I don't know. I don't know what God's plan is for my children. I just know that it's good. The second thing is I know that I am not powerful enough to keep them on course or knock them off it. Mm. Right? No matter, no matter what, no, 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 no matter how powerful we think we want to be. Um, ultimately I'm not going to be able to screw my kids up and I'm also not going to be able to put them on a path to success. I can just teach them what I know. And then God, and, and, and them being a child of God, he will then use that however he plans on using that to take them on whatever path they go on. 
Amen, my friend. I, I mean, as, as you're saying, that's giving me goosebumps because my nine-year-old is that same kid. Just yesterday at school, as they've gone back, we've had choice to go virtual or we've chosen to go back. And yesterday was pajama day. Right. So he got up in the morning and he says, uh, <laughs> I get up. I don't, I don't wear my pajamas all day. Right. So dad, I don't want to wear my pajamas. I said, well, you go and do what you need to do. So he came home and he says, you know, a couple of kids made a comment like that. I was weird for wearing for not wearing pajamas. I said, well, how did that make you feel? Because I don't really care, but I don't understand why they think I'm weird. They're the ones wearing their pajamas at school all day long. (laughs) Uh, I I said, and, and I love that about him. I said, as long as you're good. Right. I want you to feel good going to school. And if you felt good in your pajamas. That's that's the we put you in pajamas. Right. If you want to go in pajamas tomorrow to make right. them really think you're weird, right? <laughs> then let's do that because that's what makes you comfortable. Because ultimately, you're your own unique individual, and just like you, uh, if my kids want to play, I'm a big football fan, as we discussed in the pre, right? And and I yeah. and I, I love my Cowboys, and I played football, and 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 my wife, uh, she saw a kid when he was about five. We were at another birthday party, catching a football. And she goes, how, how come he doesn't know how to catch a football? I said, he hasn't picked one up. He knows I love it. Right. I said, I'm not forcing anything upon him. If, if he, he wants to pick up a football one day, I will be beaming, right? Because it's one of my passions, one of my loves. But I don't, I don't want him. I don't want that for him. I don't want him to think that he needs to do that to satisfy any of my desires the only desire i have is that he's happy and going back to sports i always tell my son and and, and i just share this with you as a parent right because you could probably relate we we go to the baseball game last night it was awesome game uh the boys won nine to six uh and we say the same thing before every practice and every game i said we have two goals because we're always goal oriented right uh and we're always creating a structure and we're creating intentionality um i said um you know, what, what are our goals today? He says, is to have fun. I said, fantastic. So we're going to go out and have fun. What's our second goal? I said, and, and the second goal is always to give 100%. Mm-hmm. And if you go out and you have fun and you give 100%, I always follow it with, it doesn't matter what the scoreboard says, you're a winner. Right. Because you will have grown. So I love that you're talking these principles because they're just basic success principles for life. Um I think right now, too, it's kind of crazy, man. I hear a lot of people that are like, you know, because COVID, you know, it's just been a crazy season. And so I hear people that are like all freaked out. I can't do this homeschool thing. Like, I, I got, we got to get them back in school. They're not letting us go back to school. I got a friend that like has been picketing out in front of the school every day because they just want their kids to be back in school. They don't feel like they can do it, so on and so forth. And so I just want to challenge people, you know, in this season, like, dude, I'm telling you, I am telling you, I am telling you. You cannot, you cannot take them off of God's path. Like one year of not going to school is not going to screw your kid up for the rest of his life. It's Hallelujah. Happen, dude. <laughs> it's not. There's nothing that you can do that's going to keep that kid from its ultimate destiny. Like that's, that's just, I, I rest in that all of the time. I rest in that because I used to. You know, I lost custody of my six-year-old or my, of my, she's now 21, but when she was six, I lost custody of her for eight years. I wasn't in her life, you know, and I, and I used to just beat myself up so badly, 
you know, I made a lot of poor choices, made mistakes, lost custody, felt a lot of guilt, a lot of shame and, and, and so on and so forth. And I had to finally like, just come to the realization, like, dude, she's a bright, brilliant, incredible human. And she loves me. And we've reconnected now. We've been reconnected for seven years and uh, we're still growing the relationship. Of course, it's mm -hmm. not, you know, this amazing father daughter relationship or anything like yeah. that. Um, but she's, she's walking the path that God has for her. And part of her path and her story was that she didn't have her dad for eight years. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. Like it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not okay. I'm not saying don't go be a dad. I'm just saying like, here it is looking back. She's okay. She's all right. So, and that was eight years without her dad, you know? So one year of you homeschooling your kids, they're going to be okay. <laughs> I promise. You know, it's like you said at the beginning, create, just make sure they're safe and they know they're loved. Like that's, that's, that's the big thing. And I think systemically over time, somewhere parents got it in mind that they're allowed to relive their, their lives you know through their their children this is like their opportunity to to do that and so systemically we've created you know this is why um i think the stat it's it's gone down now but the stat used to be like 78 percent of kids went into the same field as their parents oh wow like the, the same field of work like it's it's just a systemic thing like okay dad was a factory worker i'm a factory worker uh you know mom was a stay-at-home i'm a stay-at-home or mom was a nurse so i'm a nurse uh, mom was a lawyer i want to be a lawyer right like it's this systemic thing and because of that we've really created this huge gap in in the haves and the have-nots right so we have everyone that's following. We've basically created generation after generation after generation. We've created generations of sheep that are just kind of following because we impress it upon them. You know, we're taking the football and stick it in their hand when they're six months old. I hold this football, son. You're going to be the greatest football player ever. And we've got them out there running. And we're, we're trying to, we're just planting these seeds. And the kids are so incorrigible. Like they don't, you know, they, they just like don't even know any different. And so then they end up following versus leading and they are and they they become afraid to lead because they don't want to mm. disappoint or they don't want to you know um and so i think it's a systemic thing i think if more parents would just step back a little bit and 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 let them explore uh td jakes talks about this great he says that there are seeds in our children and our job as parents is when we when we identify a seed then we're to water and nourish that seed appropriately. Once it's identified, it's not our job to plant the seed, mm. right? God plants the seed. We just need to identify it, nourish it, and let it grow. So, you know, my daughter, Savannah, for example, she's a showman. She loves to create and invent, and she loves to put on performances. So she'll dress up all the other kids in the house, and she's the MC, and she's got her microphone, and she stands there. And she does really well in dance. She loves the stage. Like, she's, she's a showman, man, and she's a leader. And so we just try to pour into that. I'm like, hey, Savannah, go create, you know, something for my show or go create something for the kids, you know, create a new game, create a whatever. Like, that's... That's her jam. So we feed that. And my son is a worker. Dude, he loves to work. 
man, any opportunity we can get. So we feed that. So we have ducks and he's the one that takes care of the ducks and he's got a turtle tank and frogs and he takes care of that. And, you know, when dad's doing stuff in the yard, Joel comes out and he likes to, you know, and if you ask him right now, he's eight years old and you say, Joel, what do you want to be when you grow up? He'll tell you he wants to be four things. Wow. He wants to own a car dealership. <laughs> okay. I can understand where he might have picked that up. He wants to be a farmer, right? Because he loves farming. He wants to be a preacher and he wants to own his own house cleaning service. Those are the four things, right? And I see where he gets that because when he walks around our house, he cleans his room before he ever leaves the room. Like he likes things to be clean. Mm -hmm. He likes to be the, do the farm stuff, right? And uh, he loves God like any no other kid I've ever seen. Um, he's very, very spiritual to the point where he scared us when he was young because he was like three talking about going to heaven. And we're like, whoa, bro, like, not yet. What's the rush? <laughs> <laughs> what's the rush, bro? Like, I mean, heaven's cool, but we'd like to spend a little time with you here if that's okay. And, uh, and, and then, of course, you know, he loves cars, you know, because I bring home some cool cars and stuff yeah. like that. So, but once you see those seeds, man, just, just fertilize Water. it, nourish it. Don't plant the seed, grow the seed. Man, that that is uh, again so awesome to to think, and and I think that's what our our job is also as parents. And as as you say it, I start thinking about the things that my little ones are into, and how we water those seeds. And you know, my son's really into, uh, as some kids are, video games. But when he got into it, I said, "Listen, here here's the thing about life: you could either be a producer or a consumer." And if you're going to play these games, we need you to produce. So he, he likes watching these other guys play. I said, teach someone else what you're doing by recording it. Let's get a YouTube channel. Let's do it. But then he started in these games. He learned how to code. Right. And he's researching code. And he's like, can I research this YouTuber and this YouTuber and this? And I said, wow, he's into it. Now he's writing code. That's I don't know what language it is. Right. But he's creating games at nine years old and then come to find out he's actually getting paid because people are playing his games. Wow. Amazing. And so I, I said, I, you don't need you. Now you know how to make money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that allowance you got, you're still going to get, but don't think you're getting more. I want you to continue to produce the way you're producing. Right. As long as he gets his other things done. But, and my wife is like, well, I don't want him on that. I said, he's learning to be entrepreneurial. He's learning how to market. He's learning how to do all of these things. And I know where he gets it from, right? Dad's making videos. Dad's in front of a microphone. He gets on stage with me when we do things at the school. Very shy. So what? But you get in front of a crowd of 800 people. He wants the microphone. All right. He'll turn it on. So his teacher, his teachers saw him on stage one day when they were doing a project among, and he grabbed the microphone and they said, he's so quiet. Where did that come from? I said, you need to come to an FBI dad's breakfast sometime hey. and you'll see him up there getting the crowd going and, and ripping and roaring and getting everybody to shout and the dads versus the kids. And, and he does all of that for me to get the crowd going, but he loves it. He loves it. Right. right? But it's awesome, just, man. if he didn't want to do it, I asked him one day, do you want to do it? Yeah. And he's wanted to do it ever since. My goal is for him to lead a half hour program uh, by the time he graduates elementary school and do the whole thing, uh, you know, in front of everybody. And, and, and I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. So it's watering 
that stuff. So um, let, let me see what I got here. So, so one of the things I, I love that you're saying, and I can tell as a man who is intentional with his time, uh, I'm going to ask you this question, uh, and you may or may not know the answer. Um, how do kids spell love? How do kids spell love? I don't, I don't know. I like, <laughs> I feel like it's a trick question. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to trick you here, right? But go ahead. Um, how, how do kids spell love? Um, I can, I can picture how they show love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know how they would necessarily spell it any different, but I definitely can picture how they show love. You know, they, 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 they show love through uh, trust and they show love through affection. Um, my daughter, Meredith, the one that I told you is very independent. Uh, every, when she was super young, dude, she used to, when I would walk in the door, I'd I was working like 14 hour days and I would walk in the door and she, all the kids would come running, daddy. And she would just sit in the back and go like this. She'd give me a a thumbs down. She's giving you the truth, right? That's her truth. truth. Dude, she gave me the truth. And she did this for a good year, dude, over a year. Every time I'd travel, every time I'd work a long day, just thumbs down, thumbs down. Uh, And it it broke, it broke my heart um, to the point where I got, I got angry. I was like, well, forget that little kid, man. You know, there's something wrong with that kid. Why don't that kid, you know, when in reality, she was, she was giving me the, the truth. But because of that, I, I got more intentional with her um, things shifted with my career and so on and so forth. And, and really just got intentional with finding out who she is, what makes her tick. And, uh, and, and, and fast forward, you know, now I walk in the door and she gives me a thumbs <laughs> up and I, and I know that's her way of showing. She's like, I love you, dude. Like you're doing good for me. You're giving me what I need. And I think that's what it ultimately comes down to is, is kids will love those that are serving them with what they they need as individuals Um, and they all need something a little bit different oh that is so awesome because that leads into how uh i I saw this on a meme years ago and i I put it in my book i've put it i I talk about it anytime i do an interview people ask me you know if you have one parting thing to say say how do kids spell love and everyone says l-o-v-e so i love your answer because the way kids spell love is t-i-m-e and what you told me there is that you took the T-I-M-E, the time to find out what made her tick. And you took the time to show intentionality in her life. And, and we're not talking about hours and hours and hours. It's that dedicated, intentional time. I say, if possible, in my world, it's possible. Just 15 minutes a day. Kids don't need a lot. They just need to know they're important. And it sounds like you took the time, whether it was 15 minutes or 15 hours or whatever it took to figure out what made your daughter tick, that she knew that she was loved and that she was safe because daddy cares about her. So kids spell time or or love, T-I-M-E. And and I think sometimes people get that construed of, well, I brought him to the movies and we spent two hours. You didn't spend two hours. You stood into a screen for two hours uh, and you bought some popcorn, but kids don't need the screen time. They don't need that. They need our dedicated intentional time. So I love that you use intentionality with it. Uh, Did you want to follow up? It sounds like, did you you want to add anything else to that? We just got to stop. That's the thing. Stop. You know, uh, Willow is our, 
incredibly energetic, super, super smart, and also the most challenging of, of, of all of our children um, because she's super smart and because she's so energetic. And so with Willow, you know, when she needs something and expresses that, you can argue with her for an hour or you can say yes and spend four minutes with her and then she's off to something else and Mm -hmm. it's complete, right? Like if she wants to play a game with you and you say no later tomorrow, next week, she'll remind you every hour on the hour until it happens. Whereas if you just sit down and start the game, I promise you halfway through the game, you know, a few minutes in, she's She's satisfied. She's ready to go to the next thing. So I agree with you hundred percent, man. It's not the, 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 and I know it sounds cliche when you say when it's not quantity, it's quality, but really it's not even, it's, it's not even that it's just, it's just stop what you're doing long enough for, to hold their attention um, for, to know that they, for them to know that they're holding your attention, put your phone away for a second, put your iPad, you know, do all that. And, uh, and that's all they need, man. Yeah. That's really all they need. And I love earlier you talked about choice, and it, it kind of plays in that too, right? We could, we could always give kids choice, and it's not no, we could do it in an hour. Uh, I always kind of give two of the le- you know, two, two evils, like things that I want to accomplish, like, hey, we could do it now, we can't do it at all. Or like, like you know, but as parents, when we're giving kids choice, if we just say no, they don't understand no. Uh, it, and it, it freaks my wife out because I do it all the time with the boys. I'll say, hey, you can't, this morning, he comes out of the pantry with a Rice Krispie treat, my three-year-old. This is what I want for breakfast. Right. And I said, oh, we don't have that for breakfast. But you can have that later on today as a snack around two o'clock after your nap. And we could have something else for breakfast. Right. And my wife is sitting there like, yeah, like that's going to work. He goes, okay. And he yeah. hands it to me. And but, but I talk to them. I have a chapter in my book. I have a book that I wrote. I don't know that you know, but it's called uh, Be the Dad You Wish You Had. 40 Powerful Lessons Becoming a, a, a Powerful Dad. And, and, and some of those lessons are just that talk to them as if they know now, right? Talk to them as if they understand now and, and give them choice and options so that they feel empowered in this world. So when you yeah. talk about choice earlier, you want them to have options to exercise those options earlier in their life with just about everything. Uh, and I love it. I train my boys to say both. Hey, do you want this or that? I want both. I say, always ask. You're not always going to get, but I never want you to stop asking because you don't know when daddy or the world says yes, because you didn't have a limited belief. That's right. It's beautiful, man. I love it. So, so man, this has been awesome. I, I want people to know where they could find you and how you can help them, whether it's in business it, with your rise and grind. Cause I think rise and grind, I've been in it a couple months. I watched the energy in there. It's absolutely phenomenal. You get this place rocking and rolling at five 30 in the morning and all day long, there's people engaging with questions and talking about successes and uplifting and empowering each other. And we need more of that in the world. So, Talk about where people can uh, get a little bit more uh, of Glenn Lundy. 
Yeah. So the easiest thing to do, if you go to glennlundy.com, it links to all my stuff, right? All my social, the Insta, the LinkedIn, the Facebook, the, all this stuff. Um, but we do have the group that you're, that you're referring to there, the hashtag rising grind group on Facebook. And that group is filled with nothing but motivation, education, and inspiration. You're not going to find any politics in there. You're not going to find any division. You're not going to find any anything like that. Motivation, education, inspiration. We have a huge team of moderators that make sure that it stays clean. Uh, and it's it's just been amazing. It's It's literally, as far as I know, it's one of the only groups on Facebook um, that not only is a safe place like that, but we also do things offline. So uh, the the Rising Grind group as a whole, we've raised, um, I guess since we started it two and a half years ago, we've raised around $700,000 for different, different things, helping people with cancer, getting homeless people off the street, um, uh, sub, uh, supporting the battle against human sex trafficking. We raised $400,000 in 24 hours for that. Um, so we do a lot of things offline. It's not just uh, a, a Facebook group. It's not just a bunch of memes and, and high fives. It's real relationships that have been developed uh, over time and we're continuing to develop. And we would love more and more people to come join us. It's one of the best things about being the virtual world that we're in is there's always room for one more. So we would love for that person to be you. Come join us. And uh, yeah, we'd love to connect. So I don't, I don't want to end right there, but that's where you could find Glenn, glennlundy.com, and then all of the other things he's doing. Because as we said, he's a productive man in this world. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your one, your wife, and how she is the rock, as, as we know she is. Uh, because I know my wife is a rock in, in our household and keeps everything together. Tell me what it means to have an amazing partner uh, in this journey of parenting and, 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 and just working this thing together and, and how important that is. Yeah, man, my, uh, my wife is 100%. She was born to do exactly what she does, which is she, she homeschools all of our children. She, you know, she's, she's pouring into the children. She's teaching them um, good habits and, and, and using biblical principles and all of those things. And she's just, she's just so special, man. Like I, I remember we were laying there cause we're so opposite, man. I want to travel everywhere. I want to see the world. I want to speak on stages. I want to be in front. I want to be, you know, I want spotlights and I want to empower people and inspire people, motivate people. And she's like, leave me alone. I just want to be in my, my house with my ducks. She wants cows and she wants the kids to grow old enough, just old enough to buy and build a house on our property where they can then build their families. <laughs> like she wants a compound, dude. She doesn't want I love them it. to school out of state. She doesn't want them doing nothing. Like we're, we're, we're so opposite in that sense. I remember laying there asking her, honey, if money was no object, time was no object. You could teleport to anywhere on the planet to experience the greatest experience that you could possibly have. Where would you want to be? And she thought about it for five minutes and was like, right here i don't want to go anywhere like she's so 100 percent content in 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 where she is and the gifts that we've received right and so she i, li I liken her to 
Like if I was about to jump out of a plane, she would be the one to remind me that I probably need a parachute, right? Like <laughs> she wouldn't tell me not to jump out. That's the best part is she wouldn't say, no, don't. She would just say, hey, you probably need to shoot because I'm just like, go, let's let's yeah. jump or or like a kite, right? Like I'm the kite and she's the person on the ground that's holding it. And she's given me as much string as I need to get up there, but she's making sure I don't get, you know, whisked away up into the, uh, you know, somewhere to where I, I fall down and crash and, 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 and kill myself. So she's just this, this backbone that believes in me so purely and truly and will support any decision I make because she trusts me. And that's the biggest thing is I talk to a lot of people and, and leaders in the auto world and, and they're like, how do you get your wife on board? Because I did work 14 hour days for a lot of years and she never once complained about that. Never. She never gave me grief for it. And and now I travel a lot. I go to exotic places and do all these things. And and she never, ever, ever, ever complains about it. And so when they ask me, you know, how, how, how can I, they, they normally say, how do I train my wife like that? That's what they normally say. And I'm like, well, there's, cause you like, you have a manual, right? <laughs> yeah, well, well, there's your first problem. You don't train your wife. It's not a dog, first of all, but second of all, it's trust. My wife knows that every action I take is intentional. intentional to building a legacy that will go three generations deep as the bible calls us to do uh, a legacy that will impact our lives our children's lives our children's children's lives and our children's 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 lives and she knows i'm not messing around she knows i'm not wasting time she knows i'm not just gallivanting around to gallivant around you know she 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 trusts me i've been able to over time i didn't used to be like this but over time i was able to build a level of trust with her where she can support every decision that I make. And, and, and so I would suggest if you're struggling with that part in your relationship, if you have a, a spouse, whether you're a female with a male spouse, male with a female spouse, and, and, and you're struggling and you're fighting over things like, uh, like work and finances and time apart and dreams and goals and visions and things, I would suggest you take a look inside. And are you truly truly a trustworthy enough person that they can believe in you are you truly not just speaking but doing all of the things that you need to do to reach those those uh those dreams those goals and those aspirations because when you are when you're fully 100 percent in line your teammate will support you in every decision you make i promise Man, that is so awesome. When I, when I hear that you guys are opposites, I think of your kids and, and what comes to mind is balance, right? They get to see these two opposites and they get to see what these two unique uh, life choices and lifestyles, like you want to be everywhere and she wants to be here and, and, and what that brings and how that's going to make them so well-rounded. And I love what you said about your wife when you asked her, where would she go if she could teleport anywhere? And she says, I want to be right here because that means she's present. She's yeah. present with self. And, and you use the word content. And for those, you know, uh, don't know the definition. If you just look at the definition of the word content, it is the state of being happy. And I think so many people don't um, understand uh, what happiness is for themselves. They haven't defined that. Uh, 
they think contentment can be boring, yeah. right? Uh, sure. But it's 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 so powerful that uh, you have created that over time, right? Let's go back to that word time. time this trust sure. was built through time, like any relationship was built through time. Uh, and and in, I call this a microwave society. Everybody wants everything right now. Yeah. And I say there's two things in, in life, in my opinion, uh, this isn't written anywhere, uh, that we cannot force, that we cannot speed up. Uh, and I think that's building a career and a foundation for a career. We just can't speed it up. You're not going to get insta career. Uh, and, and the relationships in our life don't get built in a day. But on that note, the trust can be broken in a moment. Okay. So, so. Be careful with all of your decisions, uh, with the relationships, all relationships in your life, um, and make good those 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 good decisions as often as possible. Man, Glenn, Amen, brother, did, did, I, man, I did like uh, we're just going back and forth. It's just <laughs> the energy, man. You're such good energy. I'm so grateful that we have uh, met, that we have connected. Um, uh, this is going to be an awesome episode for the viewers. So everybody out there, I tell you every episode, I'm going to remind you again, I don't know Jack about parenting. That's why I bring people on who have wisdom, uh, of, of seven plus children on the way, you know, one on the way, uh, who have life experience that have experiences that you could relate to that, that maybe you don't relate to something I say, but something they say, um, because we are all going through this journey. There's no playbook to be a parent. There is, is no roadmap to be a parent, but, but living in true biblical principles and applying those in our life, I think is the best route we can go. Uh, so Glenn, thank you for being on today. Thank you for, for being the uh, leader that you are. Thank you for being a leader in the community that creates other leaders. Uh, and, and thank you for sharing a little bit of your parenting journey with us and our audience. I really appreciate you, man. This has been great. Thanks so much. Do you want to be the dad you wish you had? If so, go get my free book, Be the Dad You Wish You Had, at bethedadyouwishyouhad.com. Inside, you'll find my most effective 40 tips to quickly and easily transform yourself into the ideal dad. Go to bethedadyouwishyouhad.com now and get it while it's free.